In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you have not yet seen Return of the Jedi, I have a spoiler for you. Um, It's uh, at the end of the movie, remember, where you see... um, Luke Skywalker, and he's all happy. Every, you know, everything turned out well at the end of the movie. That's the good news. Um, and um, Han Solo and Princess Leia are now uh, an item, but everyone's happy about that, so that's more good news. And because Luke knows that he's, you know, uh, brother of, of Leia, um, even more good news. But then they see... Uh, Luke sees the vision, but not just a vision. He really sees Obi-Wan and Anakin and Yoda. And, and they've, they've died, but they're, but they're not dead. Now, the curious thing is Anakin, who was Darth Vader, he's all well, but why, why is Yoda still short and shriveled up and bent over? That's a mystery. Um, the vision of those three is a vision of hope, Right? And it's a vision of even, 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 if we're, even if we end up dead, hope isn't lost. Now, it doesn't turn out to be really a, a Christian uh, fantasy, but still, it's, it's the classic story of good versus evil. And hope persevering through death. The experience of Peter, James, and John on the top of Mount Tabor which is just a few miles away from Nazareth, in between Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee, wasn't just a vision. They really saw our Lord and Moses and Elijah. And it was meant to give them hope. You'll hear it in the prayers of the Mass. So that they would persevere even though they had been scandalized by the cross. They were scattered when our Lord would be arrested and and further driven into confusion with Peter's three denials. But they would remember no matter what the transfiguration. Peter, James, and John would remember what they had seen and what they had heard. And and God prepared that for them so that they would not despair. And what would despair have meant for them? Probably the same as Judas, from which there is no return. And remember the Last Supper, our Lord told Peter that, 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 that the devil would sift him like wheat, but that our Lord had prayed for him and would pray for him so that afterwards he would confirm the brethren. Our Lord knew that Peter was going to be sorely tested and not only prayed, not only exchanged words with God the Father in favor of Peter, but did things in order to prepare Peter for what he would, hap- what, what he would suffer, what would happen to him, but also what Peter would inflict on himself. What is it then that's given to Peter, James, and John to save them from despair when our Lord is arrested, tortured, condemned, and crucified? A vision of all of the previous history being 
summed up. The law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah. All of history has come to its culmination. But consider this important detail, and you know that I I consistently hold out the, the distinct possibility that the apostles didn't really know that our Lord is God until after the resurrection, when St. Thomas, a week later, is the first person to say, my Lord and my God. They certainly knew that he's the Messiah. They certainly knew that he's the Christ. They certainly knew that he's the promised one. They knew that he's son of God, but son of God doesn't necessarily mean to them God himself. And they may have had a clue, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't manifest until the resurrection. What is communicated to them? Very specifically, not the explicit divinity of Christ. He is divine, always has been, always will be. But the voice of God from heaven doesn't say, this is God, the Son. How that could have possibly made our Lord's crucifixion even that much more devastating. But rather, this is my beloved son. They knew that, that Christ is fulfilling everything. They knew he's the Messiah. They know he's the Christ. And they know that God the Father is above him. So that even when they see Christ seemingly destroyed, they will not lose hope. Knowing the fact that Jesus is God before that would happen might not have helped them. But knowing that he is the son of God the Father, whatever that means at the time, would keep them from despair. With the gift of the Holy Spirit, we know what it means that he is the son of God, not just a son of God. Moses was a son of God. Elijah was a son of God. He is the son of God. He is the only begotten son of God. He is God, begotten eternally of the Father, the second person of the Holy Trinity. That question that the devil kept on asking over and over last week, at the end of the 40 days in the desert, if you are the son of God, he finally got his answer. And it meant his complete defeat. The suffering of Christ, the only begotten son of God, has won for us all victory. But there's another layer. Consider how this is not just simply the manifestation of Christ being the summation of all history, and it's not only for the sake of Peter, James, and John refraining from despair or persevering through the passion, but it's already another another manifestation, another revelation that we will only recognize after the fact of the Holy Trinity. Wherever a Christian sees three, we think Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? And, and even though so many of the physical 
analogies are, are grossly inadequate when we see three, three leaves on a shamrock or the three colors of a flag. A Christian knows we are thinking of the Trinity. It's why we so, we so happily and unabashedly adopt pagan symbols and baptize them and say, no, that's not a, a pagan symbol of eternity. Boom, that's now a symbol of the Holy Trinity. It may, be, it may look like three legs or three swirls, but we know the Holy Trinity is the origin of all creation and our destiny. Because Christ came into the world not just to reveal his own sonship, but to make possible our sonship, to make us adopted sons and daughters of God the Father through baptism, made possible by the blood of the cross. It's in Christ that we not only recognize his glory, his divinity, but it's in Christ transfigured that we recognize the glory of humanity of how God and man are meant to be so perfectly one. And we are not meant simply to, to sweat and to suffer in this world. We are meant to become like God. As the body interferes, we discipline it. We fast, we abstain. We detach ourselves from anything that gets in the way of us and God, between us and eternity, to make sure that there is no thing and no one whom we prefer to him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, never shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.